This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Folks, I know I said I was done talking about football, but I lied. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. You got me. Um, Obviously, you see my main man, Andres Silva, in the building. So, obviously, we're going to be talking ball. But more specifically, we're going to be talking some FSU ball here because we got to talk about that bowl game. You know, I I struggle to call it a bowl game because it's it's like the old quote. It's a war only if two sides have a somewhat equal chance of winning. And that that was that was just different. And the legal battle and all that good stuff, as well as looking ahead to next year. You ready to get into a jersey? Let's do it. All right. Well, locked on ACC Nation. Let's ride. You are locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Folks, before we get into today's episode, I got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Now, Drizzy. Can't it, there's I, it's always good to, to have you on the show, brother. It's always good to have you on the show. Uh, you're a busy man these days, you know. This this is this man is the the superman of, of sports podcasting. He's a lawyer by day, podcaster by night. He throw in fiance duties, playing the wedding and all that in there. The man just he he wears more hats than my big old ball head could fit. And yet <laughs> he does it all amazingly. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're right. We're 50 days out out of the days of recording. I got some tuxedo fittings to do. Got a bachelor party coming up soon. And just uh yeah, we're um I'm stoked for it, but I'm also about to be so damn broke. It's not even funny. You know, <laughs> and, and this is a, a family show, of course. So the bachelor party will consist of reading the good book uh, and, mm-hmm. and watching the show, The Good Place. Right. Who who wants to do anything with their boys besides see Chidi out of going to discuss philosophy. But we got to talk about the philosophy behind this 63 to six behind whooping, because there are many different people taking this thing many different ways. And I'm going to start here. I personally look at this thing and I say, well, that was a different team. That was a very different team. And I think that coming out of that feeling differently about how you felt about the team going into um, the, the, the playoff selection Sunday, I think that that's a foolhardy error. However, I do say that going forward into next year, 
looking at that with a little bit of pause and problem is completely warranted. What say you about the 63 to three showing uh, in the bowl against Georgia? So, I mean, I personally look at it more as an exhibition because, quite frankly, the college football invitational saw our games against, you know, Louisville in the championship game as well as Florida as exhibitions. They, the FSU season ended when they were 10 and oh, when they were 11 and 0. Um, actually, it went over Travis Brokers' leg against UNA. But to me, I think that's the best way to look at it because that team that did play in the Orange Bowl at the Hard Rock Stadium, that wasn't the same team. That was primarily a bunch of second stringers and even third stringers and fourth stringers. And if you walk on, you had Brock Glenn, who started who started actually because Tate Rodmaker decided to transfer out before the season actually fully ended. You had a lot of opt-outs from players like Keon Coleman, a Johnny Wilson. I know some players were nursing some injuries that, hey, you know, I'm a senior. I'm about to go see if I'm going to get my NFL grade. Let me get myself healthy and ready for the for the, uh, for the the combine, for my pro day, which – Listen, this team has done earned has earned more than the right to do so, but so but to me, what I think we need to look at a little bit more as a fan base for Florida State is like you're saying, moving forward into next season and see what holes actually are coming up on this roster. Well, Patrick Payton is coming back next season. Who's going to be one trying to fill the void of a Jared Verse? Who's right. the one's going to fill the void of a Jordan Travis? We know DJU is coming from Big Oose from over from Oregon State's coming in. But also defensively, who's going to replace a Jarian Jones, a Renardo Green, Kalen DeLoach, who actually probably is like one of my favorite players now from Florida State. So to me, there is some cause for concern when it comes to depth-wise. But also, let's be real here, Georgia did play a majority of their starters. Actually, because mm-hmm. the majority of the players that I did opt out were third stringers and some second stringers. And if you're telling me that a team like Florida State with their third stringers and walk-ons would be blown out by Georgia's first team for the first three quarters, I mean, that play, played about how you would think it would play out. You know, I, I think that that's so interesting because I 1,000% agree with you on that depth point. Let's, let's, you know, no pun intended here, let's dig a little bit into that depth point, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get deep on that. This is a situation. I, I talked about this, and I said this off air. I didn't really say it too much on there, but I talked a lot off air about how I was concerned about Florida State, not for this year, because it seemed like this was the year, even coming in, it seemed like this was the year everything was rolling in the right way. And if Keon Coleman was the Keon Coleman that I had seen at Michigan State, I said, this team, I have no doubt they're going to win the ACC more likely than not. And so with that being said, I was always leery of, I'm concerned because they, they're going to have to, it's, it's almost like this thing is getting stripped down to the studs at the end of the year. And that's kind of what it looked like and what it felt like based upon the opt-outs, based upon the performance, based upon the thought that, well, I'm looking up and I'm saying, okay, yes, you are absolutely right. Georgia had their starters in for a good chunk of that game, much more of that game than people want to acknowledge and talk about. But then even when the backups and Will Muschamp's kid gets in, it's still like, this ain't looking pretty. So that's that's what gave me like I walk away with many more concerns about mm-hmm. the depth than I already had, and I already wasn't how Flores says that depth coming in. I mean, I mean that's probably fair because a lot of those players are super duper young, and a lot of players like we you know we have high expectations from at their while their career at Florida State continues, whether that be mm-hmm. a Blake Nicholson who was a he actually played a decent bit of that game, and he is only a true freshman. And you look at you know players that now who was going to be the leader of these next group of kids? Because to me personally. I always knew 2023 was going to be the year that we go all in because I know a lot of people saying like you know the culture of Florida State isn't isn't great, it's terrible. People weren't saying that 
last year after we went to the Citrus uh, Cheez-It Bowl, beat up Oklahoma, who was a top 20 team this season, and then convinced the majority of those players, like a Jared Verse, like a Trey Benson, like a Jordan Travis, to come back for this season. Yeah. So to me, if you look at it overall, like it's going to be a challenge. And 2024, to me, isn't going to be a year where I think if you if the margins are so thin, we can either have a 7-5 and five team or a 10-2 and two team. But to me, we look for you know we look more towards 2025, especially with the recruiting class we have coming in for this next season. You know, there is there is something to absolutely be said there in terms of the idea of you know the the rebuilding and all that. And does it at all? Do you kind of look back at this and not feel great in terms of Florida State is now at that point where it is kind of a rebuild situation as opposed to reload that it's been in the past where it was like you know back when if you're talking about the the Jimbo days before Jameis graduated or if you're talking about the Bowden days it wasn't like a hey we we won it we went deep in 99 and now in 2000 we're we're gonna need a year or two to get back ready but it's it's seeming to be that situation now is that something that you think about at all I mean I think you is you look at certain spots to rebuild but also I think as college football is so different now from the That's 90s true. and also from That's the true. you know 2010s where you're not only focusing on you know recruiting coming in but also you're you're focusing heavily on retention of players that you know can be committed to this to this grind and also you got to feel for Mike Novell and staff because their entire thing was you know you work hard you do you endure the climb you put everything into it and then you know you'll be rewarded for that and then you see how you're kind of robbed in broad daylight that message is hard you know to keep going with that even though which is why I love what he said that, you know, your success doesn't guarantee anything in life. And that is very, very true. And it's a hard lesson these kids had to learn. But to me, rebuild, I think it's I think it's a proper term. I don't think it's a full on, you know, extreme home makeover kind of right, rebuild because right. the foundation like expect is a four win season next year. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I think the yeah. foundation is already built there with this staff and with these players. Like you have a Shaheen Brown who is coming back and that's someone I look forward to. Lawrence Toafili, you know, he's gonna be paired up with you know, the best Samoan duo when it comes to himself and um, sorry, Polynesian duo with DJU. So to me, the foundation is there, but there are definitely some spots where you're like, you know what? We might need to hit the portal a little bit harder when it comes to play, you know, spots like DE or a linebacker or even DT because Braden Fisk, I called him Thanos last time I was on here. I'm going to miss that white man. Yeah. Yeah. That, hey, listen, in the words of Pocahontas, that white man is dangerous. That white man is dangerous. No, but seriously, we're going to get into uh, the off-the-field stuff because let's be honest, the on-the-field stuff for, for Florida State, that's one thing. But the off-the-field is the big news. That's the big news, and we got to get into the big news after a quick word from our sponsors. Folks, it is very clear that even though if we are in a new year, we are also in a space where you should be placing some new bets on FanDuel. It is very clear that there is no better place to be with the NFL season wrapping up than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book for a reason, folks. Right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets when or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to get the bets that you like, be it player props, be it same game parlays, be it, it doesn't matter. You can go wherever you need to with the Explore tab or in the Parlay Hub. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So, Drake, 
the off the field stuff is the story. Mm-hmm. We've seen some suits. We've seen some counter suits. We've seen more suits than the Steve Harvey convention. And yet, and yet, there is so much ambiguity. There is so, so much opaqueness, shall I say, because there's a very much, everybody thinks they have a picture, but it's very much lacking clarity right now in terms of what is actually happening and what is actually going to be the end result. So let's talk through what you see because obviously you're not giving legal advice. Folks, this is not legal advice. This is just a guy. This is just a guy with that ESQ before his name talking to us about the legalities of this case. So talk to me a little bit and you can you can keep on your Florida State hat if you want to. You can take it off, but just talk to me about what you're thinking is going on in, the, in these lawsuits. I should grab my robe for my graduation actually put it on for the segment right here. But no, I mean, the first thing I think you got to look at is the countersuit filed by the ACC. Like Ken saying, no legal advice is my academic legal opinion from studying and spending hundreds of thousand dollars to basically tell people I want to argue for a living. Right. When it comes to the ACC's countersuit, it's quite frankly, it's a little bit odd that they had filed the day, the day before because what you have a lot in cases is whether something is ripe or ready to go to trial. Now mm-hmm. that, or we go through litigation, what that means is you can't simply be, you know, I think I'm going to get sued. Let me file a lawsuit first before we do all that. Because for my money's worth, there's nothing in the contract, I'm pretty sure, that says that, you know, Florida State fans and Florida State in general for the past, what, two, two and a half years has been saying, you know, F the ACC, we don't want to be here anymore. We don't like that doesn't rise enough to actually being what's called a justiciable controversy when it comes that we can go litigation wise with that. So to me, the ACC, the ACC's countersuit, I think they kind of bit themselves in the butt a little bit when it comes to filing too early, because all you had to do is just simply wait. And I, when it comes to countersuits, it's not even a countersuit because they're the ones that won first. Right. Okay. And in terms of, you know, what we think or what you think is going to be the end result of this, right? Because Florida State's Board of Trustees, they said they they crunched the numbers and the number that they came out with all in, if they were to give the ACC everything they want, 572 or 76, one of those two. Mm-hmm. Billion, uh, million dollars. I'm sorry, not billion. Million dollars. Mm-hmm. Million with an M. That is a little over half a billion all in over the next uh, decade or so. How do you see this thing playing out? Is that the number they're going to end up costing? Do you think it's going to be more cut in half settlement type deal? Or are you like, hey, Florida State has got this thing in the bag. They're going to walk out of here paying zero and laughing all the way to the bank on the way. So to me, I don't think I would love for laughing all the way to the bank and the zero. But the, to me, that's just it's that is so much money, like five hundred seventy-six million dollars. That it's it's kind of laughable to me at this point. But also, I don't think ESPN is going to allow the case to go that far. Meaning, when you during litigation, you you know you file your lawsuit, you file your answer, and what's next is called discovery. And that's basically when each attorney is like, hey, I want all your emails, all your correspondence, everything regarding the subject matter of this case tailor-made to what we need. And that would include communications between the AC commissioner at the time, um, John Swafford, and ESPN when it came to that extension that was unilaterally done by the commissioner to pause on you know, the ESPN owning the rights until 2027, which as of right now, if ESPN declines to, I guess, extend the option 2027, they would still own the mass media rights for the ACC until 2036. So to me, so that basically would be like they can shop around and sell it over to the CW for full for full if they really want to for you know pennies on a dollar. 
So to me, the way this is going to actually play out, I think Florida State has a very legitimate, plausible argument when it comes to penalties because, like we said, over half a billion dollars where, where, it's, where it's at now from where it was. It's such a massive jump. It's almost punitive at this point. Uh, fiduciary duty as well. That's basically where you're not you know, doing your job to protect you, protect your assets, protect your entities. So to me, I think we'll be seeing the settlement around probably 300 million, 275, 325, and that kind of range when it comes to basically, you know, putting everything to rest because no one, no one wants to incur that many fees. And also no one wants to, you know, showcase what they actually have, not hiding, but communications during all this time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I look at this thing and I, I said to myself, even if the ACC doesn't get the full amount, I don't think that these teams are in the position that they're in to where everybody, excuse me, everybody keeps believing my team has the brand. We got the brand. We can leave. We can, baby, it's not about the brand. It's about the money. If your team wants to leave, it's, it's first about the money before you even get to the brand, because after you get to the money, then you have to get the hurdle of, okay, do you want to go to the SEC or do you want to go to the big 10? And guess what? Whichever conference ends up taking you, I mean, there's not going to be a, a situation where they're putting in offers earlier. They're putting in anything, you know, they're they're doing any chatting early because we all know what those types of lawsuits look like. And that's a imagine getting hit over the head for 200 million and then having to pay out another 50 or 100 based on that. You know, so this is first you have to get over the money hurdle, which not many teams can do. And then you have to get over the brand hurdle, which even fewer can do. And, and so I, I think that that is the, the biggest thing that I'm looking at here in terms of, you know, hey, FSU leaving or whatever, it's not going to be the end of the conference the way everybody thinks it is in terms of like, oh, this is like uh, this is like USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12. Not quite, not quite, more, much more of a Texas A&M leaving the uh, Big 12 type of situation. It's much more of a like, hey, this team is important. We need them. And I will say this, it is a difference in terms of the cachet and the brand and what percentage of the views they bring in in terms of Texas A&M and, and to Big 12 and Florida State to uh, the ACC. However, I'm saying that there will not be an ultimate collapse in a year because of that, this way we saw the Pac-12. Yeah, no, I don't think it's going to be an ultimate collapse, but I do think you'll see some more programs like a, like it would be really funny if one of the teams would be UNC because there would be a big brand. And also for me, I think ESPN, like this could this is, you know, deep pack conspiracy type of thing. One thing that they are gonna are probably terrified of is FSU going to someplace like the Big Ten. Because mm-hmm. the Big Ten currently doesn't have any sort of, you know, product to market in the Southeast. So to yeah. me, it's gonna be very it's it would behoove them to it, I mean it behoove them before to make sure that their biggest money makers, whether it be a Clemson, a UNC, Miami, even though I think they're like in the top five. Uh, financial wise in Florida State to actually, you know, for revenue purposes, they should probably gave them more of a share because now the Big Ten is just sitting there. It's like, hey, we got the West Coast now. We got the middle, the Midwest now. You know, let's get let's get some of that uh that Florida money. Let's get some of that Virginia money. Let's get some of that, you know, DMV area money because that's the money that truly is the last thing they need. And then you're gonna see the Big Ten probably be the bigger conference in the SEC because right now they already are. And without those without, without the market. You know, and that's one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is, would these would these teams be willing to pay top billing and top dollar if we're looking at a situation where part of the settlement and part of monies that gets paid out is you still don't have your home rights 
to, you know, your your streaming rights to home games. If that's part of the settlement, does that then change the mm-hmm. math? Or if you're looking at these conferences, and I'm not saying that they'll do this because it is there, it is definitely a position to where you could say the Big Ten wants Florida State, they want a bad, they want to get in there. Or these two conferences could look at each other and say they're not going to the Big 12 because that just wouldn't make sense. It's no. between us two. And in the words of uh, one coach on uh, Will Wade's staff, speaking of, of SEC country, why drive up the price of redacted when we don't have to? You know, we, hey, you want them? You go ahead and get them at this price and you potentially look at, yes, you'll be making more than you would in ACC, but you still get a low ball in comparison to those teams in the SEC if you end up there. No, I mean, I is that a possibility you consider? What, what possibility? The possibility of... The, the two conferences kind of not like they make a formal agreement per se, but there's a, a thought amongst the two of like, hey, they don't own their rights fully. Mm-hmm. We are sitting here saying, why would we pay them in fully or bring them in fully if they can't give us 100 percent of their rights right away? So let's give them more than they would get in the ACC, mm-hmm. but still not full members of the SEC or. Big well, team. the SEC remember is owned by ESPN, so still they would. SEC could still t- will still technically have those you know broadcasting rights. That wouldn't be the issue. I think more of the issue would be whether the SEC is going to allow the Big Ten, which it'd be interesting if they do. Like, hey, here you go. You know, nothing. You know, most likely the Fox would have to pay you know some sort of you know fee to get those rights earlier, which would probably come out of the come out of the amount of money that FSU gets paid per year. But the thing is, the Big Ten is slated to make so much money in the next 15 years and each team is is going to benefit from that whether you're a big team like Michigan in the CFP final or you're Rutgers is out there collecting a fat ass check so to me overall it's i think that the, the juice is worth the squeeze because even if you take you take up a lump sum of that you'll still probably be making oh, the same if not more from the revenue sharing you have with the ACC because I mean, I mean, hey, that's real here this is this is a really this is a uh, like they call it a queen's gambit, right? Because you could end up in that situation you're talking about where this is a great competition and everybody wants you and you're the hottest thing on the block. You could end up like Maryland, like with, with all due respect, mm-hmm. Maryland thought the grass was greener on the other side. They mm-hmm. said we'll pay whatever to get out early. They still have not financially recovered. I will say though, we got a better, we got a much better history in athletics. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's but, more. And also, let's like Maryland's got a really good talent in football. Right. They don't got it right in the backyard like we've done here in Florida. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't think that what held Maryland up was the lack of talent or the mm-hmm. lack of cachet. I think legitimately, if you just look at the financial penalties they had to pay on top of going to a new conference where I believe they just started becoming a full member in terms of fully vested, getting a full payout from the Big Ten, mm-hmm. if they do now in terms of, of when they left ACC and all that, and that's what set them back. Not the like, hey, they uh, aren't a good team. More so the financials of it to where it's like mm-hmm. you just you can't keep up. You can do all you can with Kevin Plank and his Under Armour money, but it's just not the same type of deal as what these what you're getting from if you were a fully vested member in this conference. The thing is, though, I and I'm going to go away from football real quick because I worked in compliance over a few schools actually over in the Maryland area, one of them being Hopkins. Mm-hmm. I think people also forget that you're being so lapped and you're starting you're starting to see you like the the ACC being so lapped in these other sports slowly but surely from schools in the Big 10 and the SEC because all that extra revenue coming in from football because a majority of those sports that we love whether it be you know field hockey lacrosse all those smaller sports that you know I 
had the privilege, you know, and the honor of helping those kids, you know, academically and go through everything. Those are slowly, slowly being outbid for even the even, you know, mid middle tier players, even the best players. Right. And those programs are starting to close. And you look at a school like Clemson. Clemson, I'm pretty sure, started clo- uh, started you know cutting a lot of their non-revenue sports during that entire rise that that the that the Dabo dynasty had. So to me, you make this move also if you want to keep up, uh, you know, a decent or you know a solid basketball team, a baseball team that you know you own, you own the record for most college World Series appearances. I'll say it without winning, and then also with other sports that you have there, or soccer where we're the reigning national champions. Because you're not going to have a Tania Latson, you know, at FSU for much longer because that girl will be cooking if you know if you stay in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, she is absolutely. She's a superstar. I mean, averaging she's, third, averaging. So- Averaging 30 a game in conference games, insane. Absolutely insane. Folks, stick around. We're about to land this thing because we talked a lot of FSU, but now we're going to get into the other teams in the conference. There's some way too early ACC championship game picks. And if we're talking way too early ACC championship game, we're talking this because we want you to get your tickets early. But just in case you worried about whether or not your team's going to get there, just in case it ends up being the Cinderella there, get on game time. Game time gets you the best possible tickets last minute at the best possible price. If you don't believe me, just go to the app and see if you've ever been frustrated trying to get tickets last minute for a concert, a, a comedy show, a game. It doesn't matter. Anything that is in a large venue, if you ever tried to get last minute tickets, you know what a hassle it can be. Don't go out there and buy from a scalper and get scammed, okay? Go to the Game Time app. This is the place to be. You can browse through the Game Time app for all the upcoming events in your area or all the ones that are pertinent to your university. Trust me, the last minute tickets with flash deals and zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event and views from all the seats in the venue. Whichever seat you pick, you can get a view on whatever device you're using for how it will look from there. Lowest price guarantee as well, event cancellation protection and job loss protection. I don't think I need to say too much more. It is clear the game time is the ticketing app that you need to be at. So download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply, but create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Drake, we're about to get you out of here. Like I said, we we know you're a busy man. We know you got to go get in the phone booth, change and save the world in just a second here. But with that being said, we talked about some of the concerns about FSU on the field. We talked about some of the holes that that, that are going to be present, that are worst strengths this year, objectively, right? That defensive line was, I mean, just some bad – that was a group. That was a group, right? You got one – I believe two – all Americans in Braden Fisk and Jared Verse, at least two all-conference guys in those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe Peyton made one all-team. Patrick Payton made one all-ACC all team. Okay. So you had three all-conference guys, one of which returned under some tumultuous circumstances, but we ain't going to get into that later. <laughs> um, you, you're losing two of your four starters there. You're losing plenty all over the place in terms of top rusher, top two receivers, top pass, all that good stuff. What would you say right now in terms of if I told you pick the ACC championship game for 2024? What would you say? Ooh, mm. this is actually tough because 
There's one outlier on there, and I know all my friends are going to hate me for saying this. But not outlier, one little variable. And that's whoever commits to the University of Coral Gables at quarterback. Now, mm-hmm. that's a team defensively that... University of Coral Gables is crazy, by the way. Crazy oh. work. Crazy. Oh, I know, I know. Trust me, it's my favorite phrase. But if you look at that defense with Ruben Bain, uh, Francis Malanoa coming back, they have a lot of dudes on that defense and a great defensive coordinator, Lance Gidry, if he's not poached by LSU, which I think it could happen. And they have some weapons on offense, even though Xavier Restrepo, let's see how he does with Tyler Van Dyke, you know, looking at him 15 times a game, but he's still a very good route runner, sure hands and great punt returner. Whoever is, if they get a actual like stud out quarterback heading into next season, that's one of the teams that I would pick. And then you look at Clemson's schedule. They open up in Athens. Actually, yeah, they open, sorry, they open up actually at the Mercedes Benz uh, Stadium against Georgia. But the rest of their season, or is there anybody you're kind of really scared of? And you look at it, Virginia Tech might make a little bit of noise, but that's going to be interesting. You have, you know, NC State. I know you guys got uh, Grayson McCall coming in over there. Mm-hmm. But to me, I really, really think that DGU coming into this offense, that offensive line is going to be improving. We have a lot of transfers coming in. We have a lot more. If you commit, they're probably going to be, you know, actually be signing very shortly. I would not be surprised if you see a Florida State Miami ACC championship matchup. And I wouldn't be surprised if whoever won the first game lost the second game. Mm, okay. And let me ask you this Is Florida State in the ACC in 2025 by your estimation? No. Mm, okay. All right. All right. FSU to the SEC 2025? I think that? Big Ten. Oh, Big Ten. I'm, okay. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Big Ten. I think originally – one thing I will say, I think this lawsuit, I'm pretty sure this probably would have been filed earlier before the season because if you look at the complaint, it says retroactive to August of this year, so even mm-hmm. before the season started. I wouldn't be surprised if the snub was like, you know what, F this. We'll just go anywhere else besides, you know, besides being here right now. I understand. I understand. I'm going to tell you this. In the words of uh, the DeBarge family, time will reveal what happens in this thing and, and what ends up actually shaking out here. Drake, it's always great to have you on, man. You are my brother from another mother. Tell the folks where to find your work. Uh, folks, you can follow us on Knowles Anonymous on Twitter. Also on YouTube, you can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. And folks, it's a new year, new year, get the resolutions in and, you know, hang out, chill, support my boy, Ken, support Ken, support the entire Locked On people because, you know, they're great. They helped me grow as a person. You know what? I love you, every single one of them. Absolutely. We love you too, big time. Even the folks, uh, even Dono and the boys over there from the University of Miami. I Listen, go, I like, I go follow you up yeah, on that one. Yeah, I like, I like Dono. I like Dono. He's, Brandon, he's no, at Florida, you know, Locked On Gators, I don't know about you, though. I don't. Oh, hey, I don't. hey, hold on. I, I'm mad at you. Till next time, my good people with Locked On ACC.